0: Thanks for tuning in to Freedom House Podcast. We're always encouraged to know God is working through this church as we change our world one life at a time. We'd love to stay connected with you by following us on social media at Freedom House OC as well as our YouTube channel. Let's listen in on today's message. And I'm just excited to continue our series today. We've been talking about getting our mind aligned. This is the year of alignment. We're asking God to line everything up into his purpose and his presence and for it to be a principal year. And so if you would grab your message outline, we're gonna jump right into the word of God as you remain standing for the reading of God's word. Grab your message outline. When you walked in, they handed you a piece of paper. That paper is the points to this message as well as the verses that we're going to read together. And I'm going to continue today part two of a a message I began last week. And if you were maybe out of town or you missed the message, go to our podcast or YouTube and you can hear the message. And uh, it's about how to control our thoughts, getting our mind aligned. And so if you would grab your Bibles, go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 10. And we're going to read verse 4 and verse number 5. I'm in the King James version. You can follow me with the translation in which you, you have there. And um, as you're turning your Bibles there, I also want to make mention is today is our Connect Group kickoff. And uh, we're a church that we believe in the power of relationship and uh, life is better with friends. But the Bible says that as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And so join a Connect Group. Make plans when you walk out. all kinds of uh, appetizers before the Super Bowl party. You know, grab some stuff there. And also join a Connect Group. There's a Men's Connect groups women's connect groups marriage connect groups don't do life alone walk with someone let someone pray with you encourage you connect groups are always amazing and then also our marriage conference is just a couple weeks away and so make sure to register for our marriage conference where are all the happily married people at come on now talk all right good job good job this is the loud you guys were the loudest of all the services come on now good job you're scoring some points amen so uh make sure to jump into that our marriage conference always sells out it's gonna be amazing are you ready for the word second corinthians chapter number 10 verse 4 and 5 let's read the word of god together the scripture reads like this it says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty through who they're mighty through god the bible says for the pulling down of strongholds i want you to see the bible says we're to pull down a stronghold what is a stronghold it's anything that has a stronghold on your life. And we want to pull that down. Verse 5 says, casting down imaginations. I also want to draw your attention that we're to pull them down and cast down. Say, pull them down, cast them down. It says, cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Now watch this last sentence because this last sentence here is where this battle is taking place. It says, and bringing into captivity every what? Every what? Thought. So notice every thought to the obedience of Christ. I want you to see here that the Bible reveals to us where this battle is taking place and it's a battle that's going on in our brain and the scripture says that we're to capture every thought and bring it into the obedience of Christ now this is not some humanistic self-empowerment message no the Bible says that we've got to capture our thoughts and make them obey Christ so that my, I'm not captured by my thoughts but I capture my thoughts and I serve God's purposes can I get a better amen I want to talk to you this morning the title of my message is simple how to control your thoughts how to control your thoughts and let me ask you a question what would your life be like or your walk with god be like if you can control your thoughts and not have your thoughts control you that's where christ wants you to be amen let's pray father in heaven we thank you this morning and god we submit our lives to your word god we're not just here to to get in your word we want your word to get in us And so, Father, as we talk today about this battle that goes on in our brain and in our mind, help us to overcome it, to bring it into the obedience of Christ so that we can serve you not only with our lives but with our mind and experience the freedom of Christ that you have for us. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. All of God's people say amen. amen. Come on, give God one more clap. You may be seated. And just tell the person you're sitting next to you, just tell them, say, we're going to capture thoughts today. Say, we're going to capture... Thoughts today in Jesus' name. Come on now. I want to talk to you today about capturing these thoughts. About bringing these thoughts into captivity and to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And I want to say this again. I really want to emphasize that this isn't some type of self-empowerment or self-enlightenment. You know, Josiah is going to capture his thoughts and reach his dreams. No, 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 no. Josiah cannot capture his thoughts. You cannot capture your own thoughts. Yourself, don't think I'm good at his ruin in my life. Come on, talk to me, somebody, okay? But through Jesus, how many know that we can capture our thoughts and serve God? Can I get an amen, okay? So we're talking about bringing our thought life into the obedience of Christ so that I can please God with my mind and experience God's will in my life, this is such an important factor when it comes to our walk with God and how we serve God, because if we lose up here, we're going to lose out here. If we're if we're in def- if we're defeated in here, you're going to be defeated out here. And so our mind is a very important part of how we serve God. And the reason why that is is in these scriptures that we just read, Paul the Apostle is writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to the church that is in Corinth. Now, Corinth is a province of Rome, and during this time, the Roman Empire was very influential, and there were a lot of new believers that were coming to learn the doctrines of Christ, the principles of God, the Word of God, who Jesus was, um, what he came to teach, heaven's principles on earth. But the Roman Empire was very influential. You know, it was very influential in its philosophical worldviews. As many of you know, many philosophers even to this day came from that Greek-Roman period. And it was very influential, very, very indoctrinating them with humanistic uh, uh, principles. And the philosophical, societal, you know, governmental was all pressuring the church during this time to indoctrinate or to accept the principles of the world. And what Paul the Apostle was telling the church, those that were new to faith, those that were new to Christ, those who had been walking with Christ, he says, hey guys, listen, you're gonna have to win up here if you're gonna win out here. He was saying, "If, if you let your mind be indoctrinated with cultural things, with things of the world, then you're not going to be able to please God. That you cannot let these outside influences begin to tell you how to think or these battles begin to try to raise above God's knowledge. And he was trying to encourage the church, saying you got to pull down some of these mental strongholds, you got to capture some of these ungodly thoughts, and you got to win up here. Because our mind has a battlefield. Now, I, all of us in this room, you don't, I don't have to prove this to you, but how many know we all battle things in our mind? Okay, I saw a foot go up way in the back. That's right, amen. Yes, I do, Pastor. Yes, come on. We all, come on, tell, tell your neighbor say, we all battle things in our minds. They all battle things. It's just time to say, there's a battle in my brain. There's a battle in my brain, okay? Everybody battles in their brain. All of us in this room, okay, me included. There are battles that go on in here. And these battles that take place, God wants us to have an inward victory, not just an outward victory. Because if we're honest, the, the victory that's on the inside is much more valuable than the victory on the outside. Because if you can have victory in your mind through Christ then even if your circumstance doesn't change, the circumstance doesn't, doesn't affect how I view my life, how I view my marriage, how I view what God's doing in my life, even though my circumstance may be dire, I know that through Christ, I, I can still be strong. Can I get an amen? And so this is so valuable, again, to our walk with Jesus, not some type of like, well, I'm just gonna think strong and therefore, no, no, I am gonna put my mind through Jesus for me to overcome and for me to live my life, watch this now, to please Please God, not to please the world. And so we want to talk about this today. Now, why is it important also? is because our mind is the steering wheel of our life. Say this, say my mind is the steering wheel of my life. Where your mind goes, your life will follow. I'll say it again. Where your mind goes, your life will follow. Very simple point is this. It, it, I'll give you this example, is whatever you don't think about, whatever you don't think about, you won't do it. Whatever you do think about, you will do it. It's very simple, but it's a life truth. Like for example, it, it, if you don't think about buying your, your spouse flowers on February 14th, uh, um, that could be a bad thing. Okay, so just write it down right now. I'm trying to help you out. I'm trying to score. Okay, there you go. You score some points. Boom, good job. Okay, so, but if you don't think about it, you're not gonna do it. Then you find yourself in the doghouse, come on now, <laughs> all right? But, but if you don't think about it, you won't do it. Now, this could be good and this can also be bad because whatever you do think about, you are gonna do. So if your mind is constantly thinking about sin or how to please your flesh, or it's constantly thinking about ways of, uh, of promiscuity or, or lust, or it's thinking about sexual immorality, then that's what's gonna be on your mind. So again, this is why Paul the Apostle is saying you gotta capture these thoughts because whatever you think about, you're going to do, and what you don't think about, you're not going to do. And so the premise here is I want to begin to think about what God thinks about so that my mind can be aligned, come on somebody, with heaven's principles. Now I become what my mind thinks about. You can never change your life until you change your mind. In fact, who you are right now, you thought about it before you ever became it. You saw yourself going to be married to that person. You saw yourself having them children. Maybe some are surprised. You're like, I got four. What happened? Come on, that's me. Anyway, but praise God, you know. You thought about, you know, getting uh, dressed this morning. You thought about coming to church. So before you came here physically, you came here mentally. Does that make sense? Okay, so that's the same application Paul is trying to make to encourage the church that with our mind is how we serve God. Now, let me read to you this first. Proverbs chapter 23 in verse 7. The Bible says this. It says, for as he thinks, what does it say? So in his heart, so what is he? Did you hear that? So what I think is how I become. You will never change your life until you change the way you think. We have to learn to manage our mind. If you're going to arrive in the right places, it will require you to have the right I'm must say that again, if you're going to arrive at the right places, you've got to have the right thinking. And so we've got to make sure that our, our mind is in that place because you can't you can never live strong and think weak. I'll say it again. You can't live strong and think weak. I gotta have my mind, you know, thinking strong. Well, how does it think strong? You put your mind in the strongest thing on planet Earth. His name is Jesus Christ. You put your mind on the ultimate power of God. Nothing is impossible with Him. Can I get an amen? So, how are we gonna? How are we gonna do this? This is how. Write this down. Point number one. Okay, Pastor. Well, how do I? Put my mind on the things that should be. Bring every thought captive. Here's how: is controlling your thoughts begins with your relationship with Christ. Say this when we say controlling my thoughts begins with my relationship with Christ. See, our our mind, the way that we number one cra- capture these thoughts is by having a relationship with Christ. Let's read the verse one more time. It says, casting down imaginations and every what. High thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And then watch what it says here. And bring it into captivity. I'm sorry. Bring it into captivity every what thought to the obedience of who? Notice it say to the obedience of you. I didn't say trying to bring every thought into the obedience of Josiah, to bring every thought into the obedience of put your name, because we don't have the power to get these thoughts. You and I in our human, uh, we don't, our human ability do not have the power to control our thoughts. And so I want to tell someone who's sitting here this morning that may feel, pastor, I don't feel like I don't have the power. My mind is crazy. All these thoughts come in my mind. It's just like all these crazy things that I don't have the power. I'm going to say to you, you're right. You don't, but good news, Jesus has come to give you the strength to capture those thoughts and to bring them into the obedience of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen, all right? And so the Bible says bring them into the obedience of Christ. Now let me break down the scripture here. Stay with me. I'm going to get into real teacher mode right now. Don't 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 lose me here, okay? But it says to bring the thoughts into the obedience of Christ. It didn't say the obedience of Jesus, although, of course, we are talking about Jesus. But it said the word Christ. Now, let me break this down. The New Testament was written in what's known as the Koine Greek. It was a biblical Greek. And when the, the word here, Christ, is the Greek word Christos. Say it with me. Say Christos, okay? And this Greek word Christos is, is what was on Jesus. So Christ is not Jesus' last name. Some of you will get that later, okay? Jesus the Christ. That's not his last name, all right? Christ is what was on Jesus. He was Jesus the Christ. And when the Bible says to bring our thoughts to the obedience of Christ, he's saying bring your thoughts to the obedience of Christos. The word Christos means the anointed one, anointed one. The word anointing means the supernatural empowerment of God so when the Bible is saying that I'm to bring my thought life into the obedience of Christos what the scripture is saying is I'm to bring my craziest thoughts and some of y'all got some crazy come on somebody all right I'm to bring my most craziest thoughts, my most defeating thoughts, my most hurtful thoughts, my most abusive thoughts, my most self-condemning you know condemning thoughts. I'm to bring the ones that try to drive me so far down that I'm to bring those thoughts into the supernatural empowerment of God. That I don't have the power, but I'm going to bring them to the supernatural empowerment that comes from God. God. So I'm going to bring that, those crazy thoughts that the enemy puts in my mind, and I'm going to say, you're going to surrender the supernatural empowerment of God. Because God has given me the power and the ability to overcome the thoughts that are trying to overcome me. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you're about to get some supernatural empowerment of God, because he can do it for you. Come on, say amen. So so the supernatural power of God. Now, why is this important? Now, stay, stay with me here. This is why this is important. Stay with me. It's because... There are gonna be things you're gonna enter in your life that you're gonna need the supernatural empowerment of God. Because your mind is gonna be like, Lord Jesus, I'm gonna slap him. Don't do that. Come on, somebody, all right? Okay, you're gonna be like, you're gonna come into some situations where you're gonna need the supernatural empowerment of God right here. Okay, the anointing. Now, you know, and, and, you know, we anoint everybody with oil earlier in the year. And, and the word anointing. Maybe you're new to church. Like, what's anointing? I know what anointing is. That's different. Okay, <laughs> anointing. Okay, is the is, is the supernatural. It's oil. You anoint your head with oil. You're saying, God, give me the supernatural empowerment of God. See, some of you need this right now. Right now, you need this, Be- because, because you know when you come into certain situations. For example, you're, maybe you're gonna go. Uh, Where are my parents at? Okay, you're gonna need the supernatural empowerment of God. You're like these kids, I don't know what to do. They're about they're drooling my They're coming home, Jesus. They're coming home. No, they're not, come on. Yeah. You need to say, Lord, give, watch this. Give me the supernatural empowerment of God on my mind to parent this child because I don't know what to do. Some of you that are married, you're like, Lord, give me the supernatural empowerment of God because it's not loco. No sé qué está pensando. Come on, somebody. He's crazy. You know. <laughs> oh, okay. Lord, give me the supernatural empowerment because I don't know how to get through to my spell. Some of you say, God, give me the supernatural empowerment of God on my mind because I'm about to go on this business deal. Give me the supernatural empowerment of God, because I'm about to I want to get my education. God, give me the supernatural empowerment of God because I want to forgive this person. God, give me the supernatural empowerment of God because I want to let go of that hurt. God, give me the supernatural empowerment of God on my mind because I don't want to rehearse this over and over and over and over. Give me the supernatural empowerment of God so I can go to, I can actually receive the word of God. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on now. We need the supernatural empowerment of God on our life. This is what it means to bring our thoughts into the obedience of of Jesus Christ. Now, when we bring these thoughts into the obedience of Christ, and you begin to recognize, as we're having this conversation this morning, we're having a Bible study, come on, we're studying the word, is is now you're gonna have it on your life. Now, I'm gonna take a little, kind of a little sidestep to the right, but stay with me here, is now that your mind has a supernatural empowerment of God and you're gonna recognize that on you, here's the most difficult part for you, okay? Is when you step into places and spaces where other people don't have the supernatural empowerment of God on their mind. Okay you're like they crazy pastor they all don't have the super and you're like I just throwing oil at them I don't know you're like I just want to get them all you know Okay <laughs> all right. this is hard I'm telling you right now this is a hard part because you're like I'm trying to control my mind but they ain't controlling their mind pastor it's when you are changing but maybe your environment doesn't change it's when God is working on your mind, but you're like, well, pastor, how do I deal with when I go to my, work, my workplace, I'm the only believer and everybody's mind is just, you know? And, and, or maybe you're, maybe you're the only Christian, the only believer in your family and you go home to a, 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 an environment that is not controlling the supernatural empowerment of God on their mind, <laughs> hallelujah. Ooh, Super Bowl party, come on. You know, you're like, Lord, help me, give me patience. Okay, what do you do? Here's what you do is you've got to understand what the scripture says is going on in their mind. And you've got to be mature. So I'm going to read you some scriptures so you can understand the scripture enlightens us of what's happening in someone else's mind that doesn't have the supernatural empowerment of God so that we can control our peace and capture our thoughts and not lose our testimony. Watch what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 in verse 4. This is what the scripture says. It says, Satan, who is the God of this world has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand the message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Now, I want you to see what the scripture says. The scripture is saying that Satan, the devil, is blinding the minds of unbelievers that they don't see the same light that you see at the moment of the scriptures. And the enemy is blinding them from that message. And what you, you and I have to recognize, now let me say this, don't, don't go home and be like, your mind's blinded by Satan, don't do that. That ain't gonna go over very well. That's not gonna work, okay. I didn't tell you to do scripture, be like, I'm coming, I'm locked and loaded. I went to church, I got me a zinger. <laughs> no, don't do that, okay. But you have to recognize Satan is blinding their mind from the light of Christ. So as a believer who's capturing my thoughts, I'm not going to allow somebody else's mind to ruin my mind. I'm not going to take... The, 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 you know, the bait, so to speak, and then step in and lose my peace because someone else is losing their peace. I'm not going to allow that to happen. And this is very important because as we walk this walk with Christ, maybe there might be, like I said, family members, workplaces, or spaces. And you've got to recognize the enemy's blinding their minds. And, but I'm just going to love them anyway. I'm going to love them anyway. And I'm going to love them anyway. This is spiritual warfare 101. You have to learn to love the person in front of you. But fight the spirit behind them. Okay, you love the person in front, but you fight the spirit that's behind them. And the devil will play people. Okay, he will use people to try to get to you. And, and okay, I'm not saying people are some are demon possessed. There's a lot of wicked things out there. But a lot of people are demon oppressed, or they do demon inspired things that it's not of God. It's very, it's very mean. It's very crude. It's very rude. It's very like really, really like you just gonna, like really like. But you got to recognize. I ain't gonna go there. I'm not even gonna fight that battle. I'm not even gonna waste my time. I'm just gonna eat my lunch. I'm just gonna stay on my break. I'm just gonna keep doing my work. I'm just gonna keep going about my grind. I'm gonna keep on serving my God. I'm not even gonna respond. Come on, somebody, to all of that nonsense. Can I come on? Can I get an amen? All right. Let's read another one. St. Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 3. The Bible says this. He says, uh, Paul, again, to the church in Corinth, it's all here, St. Corinthians. He says, But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, remember the serpent in the the book of Genesis was a form of Satan serpent's cunning says your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ notice Paul is saying he doesn't want our minds to be deceived and led astray what am I saying not every battle is worth fighting Okay, you got, we have to get to a place. If I'm gonna, again, control my thoughts, is I'm not gonna let the enemy deceive me and bait me into a conversation or bait me into an argument or bait me into the comments. or bait me into things where then I can lose my testimony. I'm not gonna, you have to say not today, devil? Not today, devil. Not today, Satan. I ain't even gonna mess with that because not every battle is worth fighting. I don't, someone need to hear that right now not every battle is worth fighting not every comment is worth responding to i'm gonna hold my peace i'm gonna keep my testimony and i'm just gonna go on about living what god has called me to live can i get an amen come on somebody talk to me today Amen. Just tell your neighbor, say, I think he's talking to both of us. Come on. All right. Let's move on. All right. Okay. And so we need to recognize this. Amen. I feel like healing's taking place right now. Just praise God. All right. So, so okay. So like I said, a little side step. Let's jump back onto this. So I understand what's going on in other people's minds. So I'm not going to let that influence my mind and control my thoughts. So I, I, and we, I told you that how we control our thoughts is we have to manage our mind. We have to police our mind. We have to watch the train of thoughts that we get onto. And so we got to ask our thoughts questions. We have, to, we have to manage our soul. And so here are some more questions today about how to control your thoughts. Number one, write this down today. It's in your outline. Once you pull it out? Write this down, point number one. How do I control my thoughts biblically? Here's how. You have to ask yourself, okay, these questions. Will these thoughts build me up or tear me down? Ask yourself that. Okay, this is how Jesus wants us to manage our mind. See, right now, the thoughts you're thinking about right now the thing that you're most dealing with in the battle in your brain, are those thoughts gonna build up your faith or are they gonna tear down your faith? And if they're gonna tear you down, then you have the power and the authority to stop thinking about it. You can say, I'm not gonna put my mind there. I'm not gonna let these things tear me down. I'm gonna think upon things that are gonna build me up. Now, hashtag real talk. Some of us in this room, the way you talk to yourself in your mind if anybody else talked to you that way in the street, you'd be like, Excuse me? <laughs> you know? You'd be like, What? Take up my earrings. Hold on a second. Put my hair in a bun. You know, some of you guys would be like, What? What you said? Come on. But sometimes the way we talk to ourselves in our mind, we somehow permit ourselves to beat up ourselves. You're worthless. You're jacked up. You're always going to be dumb. You're always going to be foolish. You'll never be forgiven. You're always condemned. God don't love you. You ain't no Christian. Look what you did. You don't even believe in God. And we beat ourselves up. And you know what? We got to start saying, no, I'm going to build myself up. I'm going to think about what God says I am. You're right. I ain't good, but God is good. You're right. I am jacked up, but thank God that through His grace, He forgave me. He accepted me. He received me, and now I can worship Him, and because He died on the cross, I don't got to die, and because He rose again, I can raise again, and I don't put my faith in me. I got my faith in my God, and my God God's me, because I love Him. Who am I talking to today? Somebody shout, I'm going to build myself up. Just tell your neighbor, say, build yourself up, man, come on. In fact, tell them, say this, be nice to yourself, come on. There's so many other people fighting you, why are you fighting you? Come on, you know, you don't need another enemy, you know what I'm saying? I got enemies, got a lot of enemies. No, not you, don't be your enemy, come on. Be your, be your friend, be like, I'm going to build myself up. Now, I'm going to build myself up in Christ, okay, so I'm not going to, you know, say, hey, self, you're great, you know what I mean? But, you know, in Christ, thank you, Jesus, that I am that. So someone say, build me up, Lord. Number two, write this down. I got to move on. Uh, questions you have to ask yourself in order to uh, manage your mind and to think about what you think about, how to control your thoughts Is this, is you got to ask yourself, where did these thoughts originate from? Ask yourself that question. So, so whatever thought right now that's probably the most dominating thought in your mind, maybe you're, again, battle of the brain, but you ask yourself, where is this thought originating from? Where did it originate from? If you want to see mental breakthrough. Experience, experiencing the freedom of Christ, not just outwardly but inwardly. Listen to me now. Then you gotta get to the root, not just deal with the fruit. Okay. You can't just always try to deal with, with a bad mood. That, that's the fruit. Oh, I'm just having a I'm just having a, a, a you know a funky day. Okay, somebody just have some coffee. Okay. You're just dealing with the fruit. But if you really want mental freedom. Then you gotta go say, I gotta get to the root of this thing. I gotta get to the root of this. And you gotta ask yourself, where is this thought originating from? And is this thought originating from uh, maybe a hurt that you went through? Is it maybe a broken relationship that you gave yourself to that you thought this was the one, or or, and then it maybe fell apart and now you're still hurt. You had a soul tie. Maybe you suffered a divorce. Maybe uh, there there was some type of a a friendship where they backstabbed you. And now you have, you you experienced betrayal and now you have trust issues. And so so you're recognizing that you have mental strongholds that it's hard for you even to go to a connect group. I'm preaching good now, going to connect group, or it's hard for you to even right now, even build friendships in your life. and, And these thoughts are dominating you. Did it originate maybe from a hurt of someone you got to forgive? Did it originate from an offense? Maybe there was an offense. Someone did something to you that you're walking around offended. So now you got to get to that place of offense. Is it maybe an abuse that you went through verbally, maybe sexually, maybe so physically, some type of abuse that now has caused you to have a mental stronghold where you feel less than, you feel worthless, you feel uh, unviolated. And you say, maybe I need to get to the root of this and bring it to God so I can experience deliverance. Is it maybe uh, confusion? Is it maybe pornography that you watch something you shouldn't have watched and now it's giving you these lustful thoughts that you know you don't need to have and walk around with you want a pure mind to see in a pure way then you got to get to the root and say I'm gonna cut this stuff off and I'm not gonna feed that into my mind no more so I'm gonna have thoughts of purity is it maybe a movie you watch an article you read maybe an atheist professor maybe an atheist person told you something so now you're doubting your faith and you're doubting you know uh, what God says and so you got to get to the root and say I'm not going to let that being fruit in my mind, where did this thought originate from? And if it didn't originate from the word of God, if it didn't originate from prayer, if it didn't originate from the presence of God, then I'm not going to let it grow in my mind. How about we make ourselves a promise in 2020, I am only going to let thoughts in my mind that originate from God, originate from Jesus, originate from his word, originate from heaven, originate from prayer, and originate from his presence. Sick. And if we can get that, then that is where we'll be able to experience the freedom that God has for us. Let me read to you this verse here. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. The Bible says, so I say to you, watch this here. He says, let the Holy Spirit, what? guide your lives. Watch this now. Let him guide your life. He says, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us the desires that are opposite to what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly, what does the Bible say there? Come on, what are they saying? Come on, Mason, come on online, type in there. What are they doing? Fighting, They're constantly fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Watch me now. Watch this, watch this. Let me break this down and then I'm done. I'll be out of your way. You can go just enjoy your food. Come on, okay? All right. And the rest of your Sunday. But here's what the Bible says. That your flesh and your spirit are constantly fighting each other. That a part of you wants to follow God and a part of you wants to turn up. <laughs> okay, it's real talk. I should have told you we're a real talk church. Okay, you're like, how'd you figure? How'd you know that? The Bible knows all about you. Okay. <laughs> okay. He says, these two stuff. There is a battle going on in your brain. The God is saying. Let the Holy Spirit lead. Now let me break this down and then I guess I'm gonna come out here, guys. Quick, quick, quick. I'm almost out of time. But you know, how many know the game gets good on overtime? Preachers say that all the time. Come on, you know he is all sleepy. All right, come on. Okay, so so I want to break this down. Stay with me here. Okay, stay with me, and then and then and then go on with it. But here, here, let me break this down. Now, all of us in this room, we are a three-part being. We are flesh, body, we are soul, and we are spirit. Okay, at the center of who we are, it's called our soul. What is your soul? It is your mind, it is your will, and it is your your emotions. This is the soul, the center of who you are. It is the soul of, of you. Now your soul has two sides that try to pull on it. The spirit of God, which is living inside of you, that is trying to pull you to the things of God. But then there's this other side of you that's that's the ugly, or the ugly part. the I'm not that you're beautiful, you're a great man, you're a handsome young man, you're powerful. But there's the flesh, you know. There's a side that's called your flesh. Now, now kind of lock arms, okay? And what happens is Spirit, you go that way. Flesh is this—a part of you is pulling you that, and then in your soul you just feel like, ah, you know, anybody feel like that? Yeah. Okay, you're like, yes, Lord. What happens? Okay, right here. Now, this right here is why a lot of people—they they get mentally fatigued—is because you're letting the wrong thing pull you in the wrong direction. You're mentally fatigued. You're like, oh, man, I'm just tired. Paul says you either get the spirit lead or you can let your flesh lead. Now, how do you know if your flesh is leading? How do you know? Here's how. Because you're led by your feelings. You say things like this. I don't feel like forgiving them. You know what? I don't even, because you're fled, it's led by the senses, what you feel, what you touch, what you smell, what you see, you know, what you hear. And you're like, I don't, you know, I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't know if I feel like listening to this guy with that white shirt. He's kind of weird. You know, I don't know if I, you know, I don't feel like like praying. You know, I, don't, I don't even feel like going, I don't feel like even being here. I'm not feeling the vibe, you know, there's not a vibe. <laughs> Kids, come como get vibe. What are you talking about? <laughs> vibe. I don't live by vibe, I live by vision. I feel like preaching that right now. I don't get any no vibe. A vibe. My flesh. You know, I'm not feeling, and so what happens is you go by, you know what I feel like doing? Oh, I feel like, ooh, i chicken. What? No, come on, somebody, okay? So, 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 so we gotta go, this, this is our mind. Your mind has a decision. Your mind says, who gets the steering wheel today? Who gets the steering wheel? You're like, well, on Sunday, the spirit. Saturday night, hold on the question. No! Come on, somebody. No! Okay. Who gets the steering wheel? Okay. Now, if we're honest, let's all be honest, there was a season in all of our lives where we gave the steering wheel here. Like, come on, talk to me, real people. Don't get out, don't, don't, don't be like, my halo's polished. Come on, somebody. Y'all know that there was a season in our life that we gave the steering wheel to the flesh. We gave the steering wheel to our feelings. We gave our steering wheel to what we wanted. And what did it do? It drove us to regret. It drove us to sin. It drove us to hurt. It drove us to abuse. It drove us to wrong friendships. It drove you into the wrong relationship. You should have never went out with that joker. Come on, who am I talking to? It drove me to the wrong places. And I'm tired of my life being driven by the flesh come on, let's make a declaration, but in my mind, I'm going to be driven by the Spirit of God, and I'm going to let it drive me to peace, to the power of God, to the forgiveness of God, to the abundance of God, to the strength of God, and this year in 2020, your boy, your girl is going to live in the freedom of God, because I got victory in my mind. Somebody shout amen. Tell your neighbor, say, give the wheel to the Spirit. Say that. And if you got it, the pipe, say, Jesus, take the wheel. No, don't say that. Come on Amen. All right. Give it to the Spirit. Because this is who we got to let lead. Where is the Spirit going to lead us? Well, Pastor, where is the Spirit going to lead me? Here's where. It's going to lead you to what's known as the fruit of the Spirit. It's Galatians chapter 5. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, Faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. I memorized it. All right, good job. That's not easy. Come on, guys. (laughs) That wasn't easy. It was not easy. Yes. All right. Amen. You know, those nine things. That's what Spirit lead you. But here's what happens I'm done. I'm out of your way. I'll give you the last two points, and then you're going to have a fantastic cerebral Sunday. Is what stops us is we're afraid to let the Spirit lead. Because the spirit involves, watch me now. We don't walk by feeling, we walk by faith. And the and the spirit is saying, God, I put my faith in you. That when I don't understand, I know that you're leading and you're guiding me. Where are you afraid right now? Where are you afraid to trust God in? Where are you afraid? Whatever area you're most afraid to trust God in is the area God wants to work most in. It's real talk. And this week, I want, you to, I want you to pray and ask God. Like, just take some time this week and say, God, where am I most afraid to trust you in? That's the area God wants to work most in. It's right there. That's the spot. What's the area? And that's when you lead. let him lead. And I'm going to tell you, you're not always going to feel the vibe. Your feelings, no. But you're going to say, flesh, you're coming. Because we're led by the Spirit. Yeah. I, I'm Flesh, you're coming. I'm, I'm getting to the Spirit of God. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Come on. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for letting the Lord use thy life. Oh, come on, somebody. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Point number three, write this down. I'm out of your way here. Give me literally 90 seconds. Number three, write this down. How do you control your thoughts? Do I feel guilty from thinking these thoughts? i got to finish this outline. A whole other different message next Sunday. Do I feel guilty from thinking these thoughts? All I'm going to say about that is this. Jesus did not die on the cross for you to live in guilt, but to live in grace. Pastor, I don't deserve the forgiveness for what I've done. You know, I deserve to suffer. You know what? I'm going to say this. You're right. We don't deserve the forgiveness, but that's what makes grace so amazing is that his kindness brings us to repentance. I don't deserve it but he gave me the forgiveness anyway. And that's what makes our God so good, is that he gives me what I don't deserve and that he forgives me, he accepts me, and he allows me to walk in the freedom that is only found in Christ. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 says, and he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. If you have a weakness, you're a candidate for his strength. Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. There is no sin to big, there is no place too far that the blood of Jesus cannot forgive you or reach you and bring you back into his forgiveness. And just like the loving father of Luke uh, 15, when the prodigal son comes home, God wants to run into your arms. And I'm, I apologize if you ever heard a preacher tell you that God's mad at you. No, God is madly in love with you. He wants to save America. He wants to save your family. He wants to redeem your life. And he wants you to come home to him. Say amen. Number four last one is, are these thoughts how God thinks about me. We're learning about bringing every thought into captivity. We're learning about how to control our mind to the obedience of Christ. And here's what you got to ask yourself: Are the thoughts that I'm thinking how God thinks about me? And if that's not how God thinks about you, then you don't should not have the authority to put your mind at that place. Jeremiah twenty eleven says, "For I know the thoughts that I think toward you," says the Lord, "thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a what." We have a different type of hope that is found in Jesus. One of the biggest mistakes people make is they let their failures define them, their fears define them, their faults define them, their sin and their struggle define them. You are not defined by that. You are defined by who Jesus is, by what Jesus did, and by what Jesus says you are. And you are forgiven. You can come to him and be renewed in Christ. Come on, somebody (laughs) shout, I'm gonna be free in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us today. We pray you were encouraged by this message. Show your support by sharing your favorite podcast on social media and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Freedom House OC today. See you next week.